Hey everyone, this is Jason Shepard, and you're listening to the Instrument Pilot Podcast by M0A.com, where a good pilot is always learning. How do you determine your personal minimums before partaking in an instrument flight? Hey everyone, Jason Shepard here of M0A.com, and you're listening to the Instrument Pilot Podcast, brought to you by our number one rated online ground school, groundschoolacademy.com. Complete private instrument commercial and uh, certificated flight instructor, online ground schools for you to check out. Groundschoolacademy.com, great live webinars we do every Monday night. Not just pass your knowledge test, not just pass your check ride, but make you that safe real world instrument pilot. And that's what we're talking about doing here today by the way. How do we determine our personal minimums before we take an IFR flight? And that's a, that's a very vague statement, right? We're saying an IFR flight, a flight under instrument flight rules. We, didn't, we could have been more specific and said taking a flight in instrument conditions. So we're going to have to cover both those things as well here. Um, but really, you have to know what are your IFR minimums versus your VFR minimums. And that should be set in stone. They may be one the same. And a lot of it depends on, we're going to talk about currency and proficiency here in a bit, but you have to set hard set personal minimum numbers. Hard set personal minimum numbers. What do I mean by that? I will not go flying if the clouds are lower than blank. You fill in that blank there. I will not go flying if the visibility is less than, again, you fill in that blank. I will not go flying if the wind is greater than blank. You fill that in. You see, when you fill that in and you have those hard set numbers and you go and you read the METAR, the METAR makes the decision for you. When you say, I will not go flying if the clouds are less than blank. And notice I didn't say ceiling. I didn't say broken or overcast layer. I said clouds because we all have done enough flying by now to realize a few layer can become a scattered layer, can become a broken layer, can become an overcast layer just so quick, right? How mother nature works. So I will not go flying. Let's say if the clouds are lower than 1500 feet. I like to break out at or right before the final approach fix. I want a real nice instrument approach coming in here. I've got you know nothing else to prove or anything like that. I don't need to go blazing approaches down to minimums. So I'll say I will not go flying if the clouds are less than, say, 1,500 feet in this case. And that's my hard set personal minimum. So when I go you know, to, to make my go or no-go decision, or I wake up, I look at the METAR, I look at the TAF, and it says clouds scattered at 800, a party is going to go, well, it's just a scattered layer. Well, it's just 800 feet, right? I mean, and it's scattered, so how bad could it be? But scattered becomes broken, becomes overcast, and the hard set personal minimum says, I will not go flying if the clouds are less than blank. And that's just the rules. That's just, that's just how it is. That's how I set up. That's how I create hard set personal minimum numbers here. Another thing to think about here is what about freezing level? I'm in Florida, so we don't talk about freezing level a lot, but we sure still get one come November, December, January, February. We'll still get a freezing level. Those same months, most other places in the country deal all the time with a freezing level. Sometimes a freezing level down at the surface in this case. 
That's what you have to be mindful of here. Have your hard set personal minimum numbers. Another thing to think about, by the way, with all this is what about your passengers? Who is flying with you in this case? Is it another instrument pilot? Because that makes life easier. We can exercise some CRM, some great crew resource management now. That makes life easier. Who's the flying pilot? Who's the talking pilot? We can establish all these roles here. But what if it's a non-flying friend? What if it's a non-flying spouse? Would you even take your spouse or a non-flying spouse or a non-flying friend, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it is, would you even take them flying in IFR conditions? Or do you say, when I'm with someone who doesn't have a pilot certificate, I raise those numbers 25%. Do you set it up that way? Maybe that's the most productive way to do it and get into the percentages game and make that adjustment that way. So that's just something else to think about here. What else when it comes to my personal minimums, your personal minimums in instrument flying here? The big one for me You've heard me say it over and over. If you've ever seen me speak live uh, in person, even just a ground school member of ours, so you watch our YouTube videos, you've heard this so much, is the difference between currency versus proficiency. You see, and this could be an entire podcast and should be an entire podcast uh, all in itself, currency versus proficiency. Currency is, am I good by the FAA standards? That's what currency really is. Proficiency is would I take that non-flying friend flying? Would I take my non-flying spouse uh, in these conditions, whatever? Maybe that's currency versus proficiency. Currency, the FAA tells me proficiency I know, right? I have my hard set personal minimums. I know in my heart where I need to be, where I would like to be in my flying. Currency versus proficiency. And again, that, that could be a topic for an entirely uh, different podcast. But uh, again, the goal of these podcasts is to be quick, to the point, to honor your time as well. When it comes to your personal minimums, I think you should have different minimums for instrument or VFR flying. I don't know if you can just say, these are my personal minimums for this. No, operate under different flight rules. You should adjust those. Ceiling, wind, visibility, freezing level. What about your passengers? Is there an increase for passengers? Is there an increase too for when you're single pilot? Because you forget you're the flying pilot, you're the talking pilot, you're the programming pilot, you're, you're doing all these things, the navigating pilot. You're fulfilling all these roles as the sole pilot on board. Maybe you set your personal minimums up for when you're the sole pilot on board and you can, you can always reduce your personal minimums. Let's drop 10% when I have another current instrument pilot who's flying with me. Let's raise them 25% when I have a non-flying friend or spouse with me. Whatever it may be, set it up for you and understand and truly live the difference between currency and proficiency. Currency says I need my six approaches within six months. That's, that's all well and good. But are six approaches in six months going to let you take and hand fly an approach down to, you know, an ILS approach down to minimums? Probably not. Currency versus proficiency. That's what I want you to understand. Listen, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for helping make these M0A podcasts. And by the way, there's four of them, if you didn't know. The Private Pod Podcast, the Instrument Pod Podcast, the Commercial Pod Podcast, and of course, the CFI, Certificated Flight Instructor Podcast, uh, just some of the top aviation podcasts in iTunes. Very blessed, very thankful for you all for listening and for sharing with your friends. Don't forget to check out some of our great videos on YouTube, Facebook, behind the scenes on uh 
Instagram and uh, Snapchat. And actually, we're, we're currently live streaming this as it's being recorded on Facebook right now. So you can kind of see behind the scenes, the raw, uncut making of the podcasts as well. So just something a little bit different. But I, I thank you for listening to this and sharing this. Enjoy the rest of your day. And most importantly, remember that a good pilot is always learning. Have a great day, guys. We'll see you.